Hi, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll see how excited Wilbon is about the Bears win yesterday, and we'll talk with Jeff Passan about Shohei Otani signing with the Dodgers for hello $700 million. You think that's commerce? Here's more commerce. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. Over 40 and a half. Take it. Take the over. Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Even Atlanta's not a high-scoring team, but you're taking it this time. Over 40 and a half. 40 and a half is a reflection of a low-scoring team in the game. That's right. They're they're picking that out, too. Yeah, well, you know, they're smarter than I. Last night, would you have taken the over or the under? The under was so low, 30. 30. Would you have taken it? Well, I was watching the Pelicans get the snot beat out. Yeah, they were. (laughs) Lakers beat them by 50. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Speaking of James Carville, he was 6-1 yesterday. His double play was the Bears plus 3.5 over the Lions, and the Bears won outright. The only thing he missed was that weird bet, Ravens minus 4 at halftime, because the Rams were up by 1 at halftime. But he got everything else. He was 6-1. He's now 55-45-1. You're making money with James Carville. Chuck Todd was 4-3. He broke the broke the 500 plane because he had Dallas last night. He's mm. 55, 41, and two. The monkey, no good. Once. We're not going to deal with the monkey. Yeah, bad, but Jeff Ma, bad monkey. Jeff Ma was five and zero. Oh. Jeff Ma's nine and one in the last two weeks. Jeff Ma has hit his stride. He's 39, 34, and one. He is on fire at the moment. So they, everybody, all humans had a good week. <laughs> Simians, <laughs> not, not so, much. so much. Not so much. Humans. From Esperanza Zapata, after listening to a podcast last week and hearing about your toothpaste dilemma, I knew I needed to get involved. I work in the dental field and understand the frustration with not being able to locate your preferred toothpaste, as well as being overwhelmed with the numerous options in the toothpaste aisle. So I went to my local CVS, and sure enough, I believe I found your preferred Crest toothpaste. Enclosed are my findings, along with a little something for your sweet tooth. If you're not satisfied with this toothpaste, please let me know, and I can contact my Crest representative for further assistance. If it's still available, maybe I'd be considered the official EFDA, EFDA, Expanded Functions Dental Assistant of the Tony Kornheiser Show. Thanks for the hours of entertainment. Happy brushing, Esperanza Zapata. She sent two two Crests, um, the kind that I like, the tartar control. She also sent a bunch of uh, gummy bears. She sent Haribo gummy bears, and she sent the gummy bears made in America. The Albanese, the right? Albanese. Nothing pairs with toothpaste better than gummies, right? <laughs> it's 100% one correct. Thing I am very, very grateful. <laughs> but as I've said to Nigel, oh, no, we can't have this. We can't have... No, no, no. We can't have people just sending stuff like this. It's, yeah. Send candy. Don't send toothpaste. I'm not going to live long enough to use all these toothpaste that have been sent to me. You're still at one tube a month, right? Huh? One tube a month? Um, well, the new... Yeah. The new tubes, the ones that hang upside down, I'm sort of still figuring that out. But I'm going to get rid of them now that I got my old toothpaste. Yeah, Maybe about a month. It's about a month, something like this. Carmel, Indiana, Esperanza's a paid So very, very kind. Thank you so very, very much. Um, we had weather right here in Washington, D.C. We yes. had weather. So it was beautiful in early December, close to mid-December, on Friday and Saturday. My son and I played golf on Friday, in which you hit almost nothing off the tee but three iron. Uh, yes, in full context, I had 
uh, I had LASIK eye surgery on Thursday, and they said you could resume normal activities on Friday. My eyes were a little bit swollen, tired, but I could see. I could see clearly now. Uh, Felt like I was in HD, so I (laughs) I tried to. I I steered some three irons because I didn't want to hit into any bunkers. So yes, but it was a it was a bonus early December day. And the next day, Saturday was an equal bonus. Shout out to Doctor Clinch. You know. Okay, he did the surgery for yeah, you? Yeah, eye doctors of Washington, they walked you through everything okay. very carefully. So, and your eyes are still good two days, three days later. I can, so this is a this is a luxury item, but if you sort of compare this, because I was wearing contacts every day, this is something that I had been looking towards for years. And when you have a date like that, that's on the calendar, you're, you're nervous, you want everything to go well. I can see. It's that's amazing. Great. Science. That's great. So I also played on Saturday um, and had a wonderful time. Yesterday, it began to rain about 9 o'clock in the morning and rained all day and all night. And a little extra special thing all night. Uh, As I got up at about 4 and looked out the window and there was snow. There was snow and ice. And it was, I don't want to say that it is measurable. I'm not certain that it is. It does not stick to road surfaces, although it makes walking a dog hazardous because there's snow and ice and you're slipping all over the place and you don't want to fall down and break yet another rib. Um, and it's ice, you know? And I hate ice more than anything. I hate ice. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's, you can't drive in it. You can't walk in it. It's awful. And it, it, it's not a surprise they were predicting something like this, the possibility of the snow at the end of this big rainstorm. But it's, it's a little stunning when you wake up and you see it, right? It's a little stunning. So your your ability to spin something out of this weather event is tremendous. I, I drove in this. There There is no issues with the roads. Now, granted, at five in the morning when you're walking the dog, this yes. is one of those days where you have yes. to say, you know, we'll run around the backyard and we have to wait for the sun to come up just this because the sun is doing yeah. the heavy lifting. Yeah. Uh, but to see a beautiful blanket out over the city right now, it's it's really something. Well, there's two views of that. I hate it. You can be the tiebreaker. <laughs> I, I mean, it was... You didn't drive in this, Tony. You didn't have to scrape your, your windshield no, to make sure the kids later. can get to school. It, I, I'll say I, melt. I was very annoyed because, as you know, my car is in the shop, so I don't have yeah. my window scraper in the in the credit rental. card? No, it was, the, it was the arm, and you're just like, oh, I just this is miserable. Yeah. I hate it. But yesterday, when it was raining all day, it looked like it was cold and miserable. No, it was like 65 degrees. It was lovely. It was a tropical storm. <clears throat> yeah, weird. I was walking around in shorts. Yeah. So. It's very, very weird. So yeah, I thought it was very weird. Anyway. So hopefully this will be the only snow we get this entire winter. That would be my. I don't want to go on and on about the football games. There were two football games of importance yesterday, the Buffalo Kansas City game, which was decided on a referee's call with a foot over the uh, just a cheap call. I'm not saying it's the wrong call. I'm saying it's a cheap call, and it took away one of the great plays I've ever seen. <laughs> Travis amazing. Kelsey running down the field stops, turns rattles, a full pass, pass, yeah, a full pass lateral low behind him to Tony, who goes into the end zone. Kansas City's going to win that game, except Tony's foot is on the line. If you go backwards to the line of scrimmage, his foot is a little bit over the line, inches. It's just inches, and they took it away. and And Mahomes went nuts afterwards, yeah, and even in the press conference. And I, I have great sympathy with Mahomes. That was an important game. Buffalo won that game. So and are, are, you the, are you in Philly. the Andy Reid camp where normally the, the ref just sort of makes it a warning and sort of says, let's make sure we're all lined up correctly? My understanding was the ref did that throughout the game and then didn't do it on this play. He's over the line. It's small. It's cheap. But it's over the line. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, no, I'm not with the Andy Reid thing on that. And then Dallas pounded Philadelphia. Oof. Philadelphia's just lost to two really good teams in a row, right? San Francisco That's right. at home and Dallas on the road. And lost big in both. Dallas pounded them. Yeah. Pounded them. So uh, at some point, we'll, maybe with Wilbon. Did we'll you see Harper's there. welcome message before the game? Did not. Well, it basically says, I grew up being a Cowboys fan. Question to think whether he actually is a Cowboys fan or not. This was a, before he moved to Philly for what he says was a work-related thing. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that was missing was him begging for an extension. Oh, yeah. You know, you signed a contract for $330 million. <laughs> Stop. Just stop. <laughs> right. Just stop. So one other thing I wanted to say. I saw the movie Air yesterday. Air is the movie oh, about one. Michael Jordan's sneakers. It's 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 a love song to Nike. That's what it did you see it, Michael? I've not seen it, but this is that new phase of movies where it's essentially a marketing tool where you put all yes. the shoes in and it's the a story. love song to Nike. It has Matt Damon and um Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck in it, who are dear friends, 
childhood buddies, wrote Goodwill Hunting together, probably wrote this together. Matt Damon's a terrific actor. He's believable in everything he does. Yes. From being born to to being a sort of a fat guy in this, a little bit of a role on his belly as he plays Sonny Vaccaro, a guy I know, Sonny Vaccaro. And this is the story of getting Michael Jordan to sign with Nike when he joined the NBA. It's, it's a very good movie. It's not a great movie. It's a very good movie. And it has the great touch. It destroys David Falk. <laughs> it just paints David Falk as the worst person on earth consistently in this movie. He's very, very good at his job. Yes, he is. He's very, very good at it. But boy, this portrait is rough. And I know uh, from other people that he said it's not fair. It's not accurate. And it might not be. You get license in movies, although I don't not sure you should get complete license about real characters you know about do, you, real, do you think that's you're ex- a, my problem with that thing on the lakers oh right it, it's, yeah it's not fair it's not right so to that do you think your experience was helped or hurt by your just being aware of a lot of what was going on with the rise of nike and this the pursuit of jordan and what the experience that meant? watching the movie yes um probably helped a little although i i will say this ben affleck portrays phil knight the founder of Nike, former runner at the University of Oregon and all of that, and a man of great social consciousness. I mean, he's given billions of dollars to charities, billions. Boy, he's portrayed as a weird guy, a weird guy. Really? Yeah, if you see it, you go, well, I didn't, is that, is that what Phil Knight's like? So I don't know this. He's portrayed as just weird. That's all hmm. I can say. Um, I think it's a pretty good movie. I think last year it was nominated for Best Picture. I think. I think it's a couple of years old. I'd never seen it and always wanted to see it. Uh, looking at um, it came out last year. Uh, yeah. Do not see any awards it was nominated for. No, oh, okay. Well, I but thought, it may have been. I just might not be I seeing it. I thought it, it was. But Matt Damon in everything he does is very, very good. And he plays Sonny Vaccaro and it's, he makes a couple of really good speeches. It's a good movie. Michael Jordan. Uh, the, the crux of the matter is that Michael Jordan's Mom wants like a percentage of every shoe that is sold, Nike shoes, Michael Air Jordan shoes. You can't, you can't in your lifetime have paid him enough money. He's yeah. made billions of dollars for Nike. Billions. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter what you give him. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's not enough. It's not enough. The association of Michael Jordan with Nike change that company from a a great running shoe company into something that was basketball related as well. The whole story is that they're having difficulty getting into the basketball market. And then they own the basketball market. Yeah. They own it for like 30, 40 years. They own it because of Michael Jordan. Because of, yeah, so it's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty good movie. All right, um, we'll start the show with Wilbon. That's right. Um, Wilbon knows Jordan well. He's got him on speed dial. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews or coverage of all the biggest stories in the nba our new show is the place to be five days a week download and follow beyond the arc on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you get your favorite podcasts this is the tony kornheiser show this comes to us from debonair music featuring regina bell and the letter says we're sending you these songs from r&b singing group from the washington dc area one of the members has a sports connection His name is Willie Wood. Oh, no, not that Willie Wood, but his son, Willie Wood Jr., who also has a David Aldrich moment every day since he's his neighbor. 
We hope you enjoy our first single, which featured Miss Regina Bell, who every parent knows as the voice from the song A Whole New World from Aladdin, for which she won a Grammy. The song is called Miss Soul Lady, and that's this song now from Debonair Music, playing in Michael Wilbon, um, who's out in Arizona, having been in Las Vegas. We'll get to as many things as we can. But you, you seem to have changed your mind about the in-season tournament, which you thought was dopey to begin with, and now you think is good? No, I didn't change my mind. Oh, okay. Um, the, 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 circumstances, the circumstances changed my mind in terms of uh, just how successful it would be. It, it was wildly successful. Um, the league's marketing people got it right. The mission was to make people care do something, come up with some device to make people pay attention to regular season NBA product before Christmas Day. And they got it right. They did. They, people paid attention. The ratings were up, way up. The attendance was up. The younger players particularly bought into it like, you know, it... it like, like like younger people in this country buy into soccer in a way that older people maybe do not, uh, the whole in-season tournament thing. And so I, I, I just thought it, it, it's, it's hocus-pocus that they're saying, yeah, we're going to call something an in-season tournament even though only, only two teams play one extra game. Yeah, that's right. And that game doesn't even count. Like, none of the stats from that game count. Really? Yeah, that's right. None, none of it. None of it. None of it counts. What so is scored 100, it wouldn't count. What is the payoff? I mean... $500,000. No, I know, but that doesn't mean anything to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Right. So what is... I mean, you and I have had this discussion off-air, and probably on-air as well. I think there should be some consideration for the playoffs or something so that it's not just begun and ended and done in December. There should be some carryover, and there's none now. There's no carry. Look, Tony, this is a straight lift from international soccer. Right. And so there's no carryover in soccer. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a confined thing. But at least in international soccer, and this is why I thought it was, you know, like, please, is that they actually have separate games in separate locations. The NBA didn't do that except for the for the four in Vegas, but they again enough, you know, attacking for me. They got it right because people care about it, and so I, I, that's that was the mission. Do you the think they'll do it to, in February or March? Do it again? No, no. It's no. just you think it's it's a one shot. Yeah, it's it's, oh, it's, okay. it's to make once again the mission is. Okay. To make people care about the NBA and pay attention before Christmas. That's it. It doesn't, it, it doesn't have any function that has anything to do with the playoffs at all. None. Mm. Zero. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. Now, you know, so, yeah. you know, that's, that's what it was. That's what it is. And by the way, the next time we see it, my bet is that some company will attach its name Sure. To the play in turn to the to the NCAA sure. tournament. Sure. Agreed. Yeah, and 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 with the league, I'm not going to say I got lucky, but where the league really benefited is that LeBron James decided he cared about it. Yeah. And That's so right. LeBron LeBron's name. It's not Bill Russell's name that's going to be on this. It's not. Bird or Magic's or Wilt's or Jerry West's or Oscars or Jordan's or Shots or Kobe's. It's LeBron wanted this. LeBron still, to me, hunts things that will boost his legacy, as if he should care, as if his legacy is not already sealed, as one of the great team performers in the history of sport in the world. But it's, it matters to him. And so he played like it mattered. He, it, he did. And everybody else has to follow suit because for this generation of ball players, if LeBron cares, you better care. Yeah. Now let's get to football. Um, there are two games that mattered yesterday, and we'll get to them. But first I want to talk about the Bears. The Bears beat the Lions. You may be right about the Lions. If you're still holding to that position, you may be right. I, I, I mean, the Bears beat them, and, and you, your dilemma as a Bears fan is quarterback. That's a dilemma. Yep. 
Yep, that's the whole season. Everything right. is it's all about that. What do we see from Justin Fields and what is it enough to for him to be re signed, kept, developed further, um decide, you know, made the anchor of this franchise? Or are we gonna do that with the kid from LSU or Caleb Williams? Uh, what, what's going to happen? What do they feel? What 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 do, what do the powers that be in at Hallis Hall feel? It's only we don't know because you still Justin Fields still has uneven play. Even yes. yesterday, yeah, that's right. He has these fumbles that make you crazy. He has passes he misses, and then but Tony, his 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 up and his high end, his high end. You know, I mean, he does some things that say to you, well, okay, wait a minute. So if I'm if I'm the Bears and I'm already doing some back channel work and I'm trying to figure out, okay, am I going to change coaches? First of all, this guy Eberflus now has the defense playing like a Chicago Bears defense. The defense doesn't even mean anything in most cities. It means something in Chicago. Even at a time where Offense means everything. It not that's not Chicago. So, well, so Eberflus has the defense playing really well. They're number one in the league against the run, and that's a decent place to start. And so, do you keep him? Do you fire him? If you fire him, what do you do? Do you say to Jim Harbaugh, "Hey, Jim, who do you like, Justin Fields? You, 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 you." Ohio State, everything that happens at Ohio State is something you're paying attention to. And Justin Fields happened at Ohio State. You know what he's doing every week in the NFL. Do you like him? We got two high picks here. We could we could wind up taking you Martin Harrison Jr. You got the one pick. You're going to get one. We got the one. We got, but, but it's two yeah, very but... high picks, even yeah. though the Bears are winning a few games. So... The question is, do you would you like to coach Justin Fields or would you rather coach Caleb Williams? Or would you rather coach this kid from LSU? And then would you like to pair him with Marvin Harrison and say, if it's if it, if it's Justin Fields, the Penn State uh, left tackle who went to Gonzaga like Caleb Williams did? Um, do you because we got that. We 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 got the possibility of that. And you uh, you also ask Eric Bieniemy that if, if if those are guys and you're the Bears that you're interested in that you're going to come you, into the 21st century finally. What you have, have to have do offense. you the, your first decision has to be the coach because yeah. if you're going to get rid of the coach, okay. you have to bring somebody in before the draft. That's why I said you're yeah. back channeling yeah, already. Right. That's right. I understand. You're going to find no. out who these guys like. Yeah. All right. Let's go to let's go to the Chiefs and to um, the Cowboys and and Eagles. That play, the play the Chiefs made, the pass to Kelsey, and the spin-around so backward pass, it's so a Hall great. of Fame play. It's an so unbelievably great yeah. play, yeah. and it is taken away. And afterwards, if you watched, like I did, I had flipped over channels, and I, I watched everything that Patrick Mahomes said, and it wasn't he wasn't screaming and yelling. He was just saying, come on, you know, this is such a great play. What? What are you doing? What are you doing making this cheap I call? What are your can't thoughts? say this is such a great play. The officials are not there to admire your handiwork. That's right. That's what Tim Hasselbeck said. Tim Hasselbeck's yeah. so very there's no, good there's, on there's TV. There's no other way of looking at this. Right. Because he was clearly offside. It wasn't like it was a question. There was another play, I don't know if it was in that game or a subsequent game, where somebody, the helmet was like, eh, I don't know about this. But this wasn't I don't know about this. No, he's on the line. He's over yeah. the line. Yeah. It's over the line. Yeah. And they lose the game. And yeah. Buffalo, it's a very important win for Buffalo. Buffalo has, well, they have Dallas this coming week. I mean, Buffalo, for reasons unknown to me, there's a stretch of games that the Eagles had, and now Buffalo has. They're just daunting, daunting yeah. games. Buffalo had to win this game or they were out of the playoffs, and they won. They they played well. I I don't know. I felt Kansas City was going to win, didn't you? I felt no, they, no, no. Because I'm not I'm not you know they're not the shiny thing that makes me you know drool every week like it is most people. Yeah, that's yeah, I, yeah, I, you know you can't stand the offensive coordinator. No, 
No, because he, he ruined, you know, a couple of seasons of mine. Right. But it's more than that. Tony, they're not that good. And nobody wants to say it. Like right now, you're looking for excuses. No, they're not that good. No, yeah, I, I don't have a problem saying that. I think there's one team that is that good. I've thought it from before the season. I was yeah. down on them when they lost three in a row, but I'm yeah. back with them. They're, they are that good, right? Well, they're that good. Maybe. They lost three in a row, and maybe right. maybe maybe they're cresting too soon. Okay, I but mean, they, you, you don't you don't get you know. But you they look the that good not, today. They, to, they do, but so did the Eagles. Look, you know, well, a few weeks, and so did you know. I mean, they, nobody's great out there. No one's great. Now that can create drama because you have days like yesterday. You, some of these results don't make sense. What do you think of Dallas pounded Philadelphia? Yeah, that was a schedule loss. Right. Anybody who didn't see right. that and That's what I think. that that was going to happen right. is not paying attention and just wants to stand up and scream and get excited. No, the, the Dallas Cowboys, do you think Buffalo had to win? Oh, Dallas, Dallas had to Cowboys win. playing at home Dallas had, to, had win. to win that game. Yeah, Dallas had to and win. And they did. All credit to them. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything for January. No, it doesn't. They have. They're at Buffalo this coming week. The Cowboys are? Yes, I believe that's true. That's good. The that's Eagles' good. schedule is soft the next four games. Well, but, it should be. But they, they just, just went had, through four yeah. really tough games. That's right. Well, they go two and two. So, I mean, yeah. you know, so that was a schedule loss that, 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 that you, the Eagles were looking at. They lost both the games that looked like they might lose. Right. Um, I don't know what, I'm not going to assign it the meaning that everybody else at the network will. M- to me, my bigger question about this weekend is, again, Kansas City, what? what? What's wrong with them? If this quarterback, and I, be- I have believed it, is the greatest thing out there, why are they scoring 17 at home? Yeah, well, it should have 24, week. but yeah, you're right. No, you're right. They don't, they are not. No, they're not scoring no, they're in the not. way they should. And so it's like everybody wants to you know, come up with some excuses for Kansas City. I, I don't understand that. Um, th- I'll get you out of here on this. Thoughts on Otani and that contract? Mm. You know, there's one thing I've, I objected to, and that was I, the first, whoever wrote it, the first paragraph talked about Otani being a franchise-changing quarter uh, player. Well, he hasn't been so far. No, he hasn't changed anything. No, he hasn't. He hasn't made the playoffs. Right. No, he hasn't. And playing with Mike Trout. Yeah, now, he hasn't played much with Anthony Rendon. But, so, look, Otani is uh, he's wondrous. You want to see him. I, I'm not, I was looking for people to compare him to, and it, it, it is it wilt in, in that he puts up these, it's not even numbers, he puts up performances that are tough to compare to anybody because of the, of the nature of the duality of, of, of him. That's right. But he, 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 he's not franchise-changing. He's not. No. He's great. He's no. great. And everybody will go. Everybody is it's going crazy. It's so hard to change a baseball franchise. Yeah, it is. It's just so hard. You know, you know who's franchise changing? You know, Derek Jeter, and he did. He didn't change it because it was already yeah. set in motion for a hundred years. That's right. But but no. And so I I the Dodgers can afford it. The Dodgers can afford it. It's a it, it's this is a Dodger thing. I agree. And so, you know, it's great. We'll pay attention. The Dodgers are already, they don't need to be transformed. And people keep saying transformational. No, he's not transformational. He's, he's both a, a, a talent like we perhaps haven't seen, but, you know, and, and he's an oddity, and it's spectacular to watch. And there's cultural oddity. There's, there's all sorts of things that make you say, let me go see this guy play. And it may be worth it to the franchise, $700 million, right? That, like, I'm not downing any of that. But, you know, we went through this in, in Chicago. And, you know, I, I do a show on ESPN Radio in, in Chicago with Wobble and Sylvie. And the discussion was, should the, should the Cubs do this? Well, I knew the Cubs weren't going to do it. 
They just weren't. I'm not saying they can't. They weren't. But I was also saying, do you want to win? Or do you want to have this person be looked at and associated with you in a way that no one else in maybe team sport is right now in the world? That's a different question and a different answer. And the Dodgers can do it. Uh, We will talk about it, I'm sure, on PTR. Absolutely. All right, I'll talk to you later. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. Checking in from Arizona, we will take a break. Jeff Passan will join us, and we will talk at great length about Shohei Itani. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Debonair Music. This is a song called A Better Me. They'd like to be known as the official R&B group for all the brothers of The Tony Kornheiser Show. It's fine with me. All of the music can be found on digital platforms and information about the group can be found at debonairmusic.com. All the songs are written and owned by Willie Wood Jr., who gives us permission to play them. Michael, if, if groups like Debonair Music want to send in their original music and get it played, what do they do? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. It's quite lovely. And it is. around here, so maybe they'll come to the house and play. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. They play in Jeff Passon. Um, we wanted, I want to talk about Otani, and I'm going to ask this thing so many times. It's all the same question. The question is, it's so much money. It's so much money. Um, why the Dodgers? Well, let's start with your premise here, Tony, because it's not so much money. Really? Which is, yes, which is going to be a wild thing for everyone to hear and and there's a lot of cognitive dissonance about this contract um this is going to be the closest thing to an nfl contract i've ever seen in major league baseball now the difference is all 700 million dollars that is going to shohei otani is guaranteed at the end of the day the los angeles angels will have paid him $700 million. So, yes, it the Dodgers, is a not lot the Angels. The Dodgers, not the Angels. You said Angels. Sorry. It's, yeah. uh, that's, that's what happens. For so long, no. I, I've They're thought the California an Angel. Angels. California Angels. Yes. yes. For so long, <laughs> the Dodgers are going to pay him $700 million. And that's not but so much money, really? Here, here's why it's not so much money, Tony. Because... A lot of it, and I don't have an exact number yet, but a lot of it is deferred. And I don't know how long it's going to be deferred out. But when we look at baseball contracts, uh, what, what inside the sport they do is accounting for net present value. The, the essential idea to this is uh, a dollar given to you today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow or the day after. That's right a year after, 10 years after. And because this money is going to be deferred as long as it is and, and for as much money as it is, um, the, the Dodgers' value that they're getting on this contract is not going to be obscenely bad like $700 million implies. Now, I don't have exact numbers at this point. The, the contract has not been... Uh, fully delivered, and the Major League Baseball Players Association, which does the calculation on net present value, is not done. But when it is all said and done, Tony, I think that uh, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. I think we're going to look at this contract as a bargain. I think that does sound crazy. And I, I'll just go back. Bryce Harper signed the largest contract ever about four or five years ago for $330 yeah. million. This is more than double it's an, and I'm not going to say it's an obscene amount of money. I'm not saying that. If that's the value, that's fine. But it's such a lot of money. And I, I thought to myself, Jeff, well, how do the Dodgers make money on this? And so there's a question I have for you. Do they have any way to get the broadcast rights to broadcast to Japan? Because that could make money because he's such a star there. Or are they prohibited from doing that? Yeah, the international broadcast rights are Major League Baseball. Okay. So that's not going to be something, at least in this television environment right now, that the Dodgers can specifically do. But how are they going to make money? Oh, let me count yeah. the ways. Yeah, uh, tell me. The, 
there there are a few different things. There there's the marketing, of course, and the sponsorships, right? Right. I mean, like large corporations from Japan are going to be all over Dodger Stadium. Beyond that, though, um, you know, Mark Walter and Todd Bowley, like the uh, the owners and executives who run the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, they have business interests where they are going to be able to have Shohei Otani essentially not just be part of them, but be a partner with them. And so it is going to be an extremely mutually beneficial relationship in that regard. And, and I think beyond that, what the Dodgers want to do is own the Japanese market, not just on a business side, but on the baseball side too, because Beyond Otani, there is a generation of, of baseball players in Japan right now that's really, really good. We're seeing Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Tony, who's maybe going to get $300 million as a free agent. Is like, he going to go to the really, Dodgers, too? Or, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if he's going to go to the Dodgers, but they are going to be right there yeah. with the New York Mets and with the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox and Chicago Cubs and all the other big market teams that want Yamamoto. But be, even beyond Yamamoto, Roki Sasaki is 22 years old and might have the best stuff in the world right now. He's going to come over to Major League Baseball eventually, and... It, you know, if he sees the guy who helped lead him to a World Baseball Classic championship this spring on the Dodgers, he's certainly going to uh, consider them. Why uh, did, why did, why, is it just money? Why did Otani pick the Dodgers? I don't think it's just money, no. Um, I, I think he picked the Dodgers because, yes, the money's great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think that as somebody whose life is dedicated to baseball, to getting better at baseball, to studying baseball, to, to being the best baseball player he possibly can be, he saw the way that the Dodgers operate and said, I want to be a part of that. Because the Dodgers are better, Tony, at player development than anyone else. The Dodgers have won their division 10 times in the last 11 years and have the most wins in Major League Baseball over that span and have a good farm system and, and have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman already there and plenty more on the way. And the deferrals, I think, are important to look at in this situation because by deferring money, Otani is essentially saying to the Dodgers, I'm not getting as much from you as I should. I want you to take that money and go and spread it out and bring in more great players and build a championship caliber team around me. This is a gift of a contract to the Dodgers. This is the Dodgers sitting there and saying, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime player, arguably the best player any of us has ever seen or will ever see, is saying to us, you know what? I don't need a lot of cash this year, next year, any of the next 10 years, relatively speaking. Go and take that cash that I'm not taking and make me a champion multiple times over. Well, what if he can't pitch? Then it's $700 million for a very good hitter, but not the best hitter. What if he can't pitch? Well, let, I, I want to get back to the number because we're going to be discussing this and arguing over this like every year going forward do we call this a 700 million dollar contract because in the end that's what he's getting or do we refer to this contract by the actual value that it had when he signed it even if it's half even if it's 350 million dollars it's probably higher let's just we'll probably guess it's 400 to 450 million dollars it is the first or second highest contract of all time in baseball. Right. Of everything. But, but, but Tony, then, then let's do this. Let's go and look at Aaron Judge's contract last year, right? Nine years, $360 million. Right. You can reasonably say if Otani is just a hitter that he's worth that $360 plus million. Let's be really? extraordinary. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Like he's, I mean, look at the numbers, Tony. They, okay. they speak for They speak for themselves. And oh. if we were in a scenario where he weren't pitching, he wouldn't be a DH. He would move to the outfield right. and, and he, would, he would play right field. Um, but, but let's then look 
at the marketing beyond that. I have no idea how much money he's going to be worth to the Dodgers on off-field stuff every year, but if we're being extremely conservative and saying $10 million a year, that $10 million over 10 years is $100 million right, right there. That's right. And, and then that's paid for itself, and you're essentially getting the pitching for free. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. If they go into Japan and they market him – you know, correctly, which I'm sure they'll do. They will, they will get money. And I, I don't want to do like stupid sociology here, but are there things that, that people are generally saying are important to him because he's Japanese? Such as? I don't know, proximity to Japan. Is that why he would sign with a West Coast team? I, I mean, I don't know culturally okay, so, what matters. So I don't the, know. I'm asking. If you, you don't know, know I, you can I, say, I don't know. It's okay. No, I, I think there's one thing in that area that, that I can say pretty confidently. I don't know that it's the actual proximity to Japan. What I do think is that he's got an entire country that's going to watch, want to watch every one of his games. Right. And that, and that time zone-wise, right, right. it behooves him to be on the West Coast. Okay, yeah, that, that, I, I sort of thought that that had something to do with it. I don't think that anybody in, in America, an American sports fan, can understand how large a presence Otani is in Japan. I, mean, I just don't he, think they he, can. I mean, he is... He, he, I'm trying to think of a, a comparable person, but it's not like Messi in Argentina or, or Pelé in, in Brazil is right. the same thing, because those, that's, that's the world sport. Uh, Otani, Otani would be elected to the highest office in Japan if he ran for it. He is the biggest figure yeah. in the entire country, and it's really not close. What were, do you think the Dodgers were bidding against themselves? Do you think anyone was within $150 million on this? Yes. Oh, okay. uh, I, 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 do, I do think other teams, I think the Toronto Blue Jays, let's put it this way, I think the Toronto Blue Jays, if, if given the opportunity to give Otani this contract, would have jumped at it. I think I, I, I was talking with an executive yesterday, and I said, in fact, I think all 30 teams, if given the opportunity to get Otani on these terms, would have done it because as staggering as that number of $700 million really is, uh, the deferrals just make it a good business move for any baseball team. No, I, no I, can, I can understand that. It's a Bobby Bonilla deal. Like he'll be paid for the rest of, he'll be paid for the rest of time. It is just a stunning, stunning number. And and the thing I'm going to say here is I. It's so hard for one person in baseball to make a deal. He hasn't even been to the playoffs. He's a great player. He's playing with Mike Trout. They don't get to yep. the playoffs. This is not basketball or hockey. It's not. It's so much harder in baseball to do this, right? Absolutely, but I think with the Dodgers, uh, he is going to go to the playoffs every year. Well, the Dodgers I mean, go. Yeah, the Dodgers go. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. He's with the right organization yeah, now. I agree. He's with, an organi- he's with an organization that is stable and that is intelligent in its processes and that has full ownership support. Everything you would want as a baseball player the Dodgers can offer you. And and as somebody who who cares so much about being the best baseball player he can possibly be, uh, the the Dodgers are providing the foundation that allow him to do that. I'm not going to say that we're going to see the best version of Otani that we've ever seen. What I will say is that he's got a likelier chance of becoming that best version of himself with the Dodgers than he did with the Angels. Do you think that Clayton Kershaw is going to stay there? Or do you think that, that some of the Dodgers that we've... Like, let's look at who's gone in recent years. Bellinger sure. has gone, yep. and Turner has gone. You know, they've left, and Seager has gone. And the Dodgers let them all go, let them go. Probably were thinking about this for a long time. Do you think Kershaw yep. will go? I think Kershaw could go. It's either going to be Los Angeles or Texas for him. Right. I mean, he has... You know, Clayton Kershaw's in his mid-30s now, and he is an extremely family-oriented guy, and his mom still lives down in Dallas, and his best friends in the world are in Dallas. So I think it's very appealing to him to go down there, but 
it's also very appealing to be in one place for your entire career. And so uh, it's going to be really interesting to see where he does sign. Let's remember, he had shoulder surgery. That's right. Um, he, said, he said he is going to try and be back this season. That, that depends on how his arm heals. But I think he's got a couple more years in him at least. And uh, that desire to go out and keep pitching, there were questions about that. But it's clear at this point that that's his priority. And, uh, you know, no one's going to outwork Clayton Kershaw. Uh, the, you know, he's not great because he was born that way. He's great because he was born with talent and made himself into something incredible. Do you think Yamamoto, I mean, if you had to guess now, do you think Yamamoto will sign with the Dodgers, or do you think he'll sign with the Yankees, or do you have some sense as where he'll go? I think that in the end it's going to be a bidding war that probably comes down to the two teams in New York. Okay. But I, you never know where this sort of thing is going to go. And if he signed with the Dodgers at all, uh, uh, if he signed with the Dodgers, it would not surprise me at all because they need pitching. That, that's yes, the thing about this team right do. now. They really need starting pitching because you don't know what you're going to get from Walker Bueller coming back from Tommy John surgery. My, you know, Bobby Miller was really good last year, but he's in his second season. And so you, you never know what you're going to get there. And uh, beyond the two of them, there's really not a whole lot in the rotation at this point. I mean, Tony Gonsolin uh, injured Dustin May coming off an injury. Ryan May Tepio gets hurt every was, year. He gets hurt every year, right? You got to figure he yeah. can't pitch. Yeah, I, I mean, they've got a lot of minor league starting depth, but the difference between the minor leagues and the big leagues, the transition from one to the yeah, other, yeah. Uh, it's not easy. So they, they are, I, I think they are likeliest to make a trade, whether it's for Dylan Cease, Tyler Glass now, potentially Corbin Burns, Shane Bieber. I think they're going to probably go out in the trade market and get one of those big pitchers. But even then, they're going to need rotation depth beyond that. Yeah, this is fascinating to me. It really is because it it doesn't – one guy doesn't do it in baseball. He's just it, Nope. It doesn't happen that way. Thank you, Jeff, as always. Thanks for waking up. Thank you. Pleasure's always mine, Tony. Thanks, buddy. Jeff Passon, boys and girls. We'll take a break. Email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Oh, come all ye littles, hopeful and expectant. Oh, come now, it's time for Mr. Tony's mailbag. We've got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Perhaps today he'll read yours. Perhaps today he'll read yours. Perhaps today he'll read yours. Most likely he won't. It's the Reverend Mark Schaefer in the Schaeferettes. It's lovely. I love that holiday time. Love to hear it all the time. Really is great. Uh, Bethesda Bagel Ad. Yes, we got the bagel sandwich today. Very Good. excited about that. All you need to do is go to The Bethes- ones without the bacon. The ones with the sausage. Sausage, yes. I don't like the bacon. Very happy about like that. The <laughs> like the sausage. Recommend the sausage. Sausage. <laughs> sausage, yes. go, to Beth- <laughs> yeah. uh, go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you will be thrilled. Um, that'll about do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, no, I'd rather go and journey where the diamond crescent's glowing and run across the valley beneath the sacred mountain and wander through the forest where the trees have leaves of prisms and break the light in colors that no one knows the names of. This is a very obscure song by the birds called I Wasn't Born to Follow. This is on an album that I have. I don't believe it was ever a single. Nigel never tested these lyrics on me and then said to me i don't know if you're going to get this no 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 i got this i got yes, this but yes. i i mean this is truly obscure that's a deep you cut. have to be a birds fan yeah but i knew you were a birds fan so wow. i thought there was a decent chance i wasn't born to follow thanks to our guests today michael wilbon jeff passon thanks to our sponsors today remember you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, spotify google play and odyssey if you get the show through apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. There's a Dennis the Menace glimmer in your eyes when you pu- pull obscure lyrics like that, and well, you just sort of are staring I, I, Nigel I haven't, down. I haven't and it reminds of... me what you must have been like as a little kid in class. <laughs> I haven't thought of this song in literally 50 years. I mean, I haven't. I mean, I really haven't. I think it's on the 5D album. 
which is the Birds album. They have all the Birds albums. Well, not all, but I have most. From Joe Pearson in Indianapolis, just to bring the worst song debate full circle, I'd like to remind the listeners that Rupert Holmes is a serial offender. Not only is he responsible for the execrable Pina Colada song, which suggests infidelity is okay if it's with your spouse, but he also wrote Timothy, the boy's loving papo to cannibalism, as Judge Smales would say, the man's a menace. From Tom Cedrone, first time, a uh, long time, I believe the winner of the worst song contest is by Brian Holland. Itsy Bitsy Teeny Winnie Yellow Polka Dop King. No, 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 it's not. And that was way before these most of these other songs. It was used in a political comedy by the Russians to torture a prisoner by forcing him to listen to it until he confesses. <laughs> the movie was one, two, three by Billy Wilder. Saw the movie. Saw the movie. Great movie. Great comedy. Thanks again for all the years of entertainment. Joe Rizzo, Oak Hill, Virginia. It's Poetry Man. How it made to number five on the nineteen seventy four Billboard Top One Hundred is beyond me. It's a wonder that we all made it out of the 70s not hating music. Poetry Man is what's-her-name. Oh, I'm not familiar with that song. Oh, yeah, Phoebe Snow. Yeah, yeah. Poetry Man, Phoebe Snow. Is sure. It, does... I, no, I don't think it's terrible. Okay. No. Jim Hickey, Springfield, Virginia. As a postal service window clerk, the lines in December were often challenging. I tried to distract customers by asking them to guess my favorite Christmas movie, Winner goes to the front of the line, but nobody ever guessed Santa Claus Conquers the Martians pe- featuring Pia Sidora. Made them forget about the long line for a while. Though. Josh Dykeman, I've been catching up on old episodes of your show since I returned from a family, a five-week family trip. Imagine my surprise when I heard you read some of my fellow Little's emails reporting on their experience of seeing Dan Byrne in concert on his recent West Coast tour. I said to myself, I know that tour. I saw Dan perform with his incredible band the day after my family and I returned home on October 12th here in Eugene, Oregon, at the small local bookshop, Tsunami Books. The woman to whom I'm related by marriage and I made the questionable decision to bring our three-year-old and six-month-old feminine children. It's a wonderful show, got even better at intermission when Dan passed our seats and asked if our kids have any requests. Upon being told that our baby Ruth is a big fan of his song with Cheeserie, Dan returned to the stage with a mini set of La Cheeserie, Victor Wembanyana, and turns out Otani. As it was clear to no one else there had any idea where these songs came from, Dan explained to the crowd that La Cheeserie is a small cheese counter in D.C., where he's played a couple of times, and these are among the many songs he's written for his favorite podcast, The Tony Kornheiser Show. Dan gave us a TK salute from the stage and was gracious enough to hang around after the show and chat and snap photos with his fans. Magical evening. I, an emotional one, something my wife really needed. And I really need it. I'm originally from Silver Spring, Maryland. I grew up reading your post columns, later listening to you on the radio. I still enjoy watching you on PTI. I never miss a podcast. Can't thank you enough for all the years of entertainment. And that's really nice. It's really nice. It's a very long thing. It's pronounced Dykeman, Eugene, Oregon, southern end of the Willamette Dammit Valley. Uh, knowing your interest in symmetrical numerology, I've got a story I think you'll appreciate. Our oldest feminine child was born 9 29 2020. As our daughter was proceeding apace through my wife's birth canal, I glanced at my watch. I so it was just a few minutes after 9.30 a.m., immediately realizing I stood a chance of amusing a certain bald orange sports podcast host. If only she would deliver at precisely 9.29 a.m. I pleaded with my wife to synchronize her pelvic thrusts to accommodate my schedule. She glared at me with a look that should shrink cottage cheese from large to small curd and gave one monumental push. Alas, our feminine child was born a minute too early. 9.28. Almost. This Next time. a picture time. of me and him. This is some chatter pictures. And here's a picture picture of dan Byrne. oh that's really lovely yeah it's good stuff that's really lovely uh patrick sitter our friend in sioux falls south dakota i think otani will end up on the saudi tour p.s fonds you this is so great <laughs> uh kyle caldwell at edmonton alberta in canada i don't think anyone wants to actually admit this out loud but the worst song ever is any song sung during an elementary school christmas concert by any class other than your own child <laughs> uh from gabe tonin again in canada vancouver british columbia first time can Tribute to long-time listener. My contribution for the worst song of all time is Poke Salad Annie by Tommy Joe White. Could you have Carville break down the signature lyric, Poke Salad Annie, Gators Got Your Granny? Poke Salad Annie is not a great song. It's not the worst song. It's not the worst song. Josh Cromwell, Moselle, Mississippi. In the spirit of your grandson, Pablo, who seems to be finding things out all the time now, what I found out from this week's shows is that Argo stands for Argo Fonds Yourself, Information for Life. From Coy Nichols. See where Coy is from. There's a picture here. Wow, of Carville with Adam Silver. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Is Adam Silver alive in the picture? Adam Silver is alive (laughs) in the picture, yeah. And it proves that he exists. Hey, T-Boy, I think we can all agree dogs will eat just about anything, especially when it comes to meat. So I have two dogs that can smell ham from a mile away. 
My bigger dog, Gabby, eats all her plastic toys. Like I eat Reese's peanut butter cups. Go figure. But this is about my long past beloved Zoe. She's a chocolate lab I adopted from a local vet who received her for some rum-dum Tulane students who decided to get a dog, then graduated and were told by their parents they were welcomed home, but not the dog. <laughs> Excuse me for sneezing. Bless you. I'm like Jason Locke and Fora. <laughs> Side note, I referenced Tulane earlier as I was born and raised in greater New Orleans, so I understand everything Carville says. He speaks perfect South Louisiana English. Back to Zoe's eating story. It wasn't what she ate by how. When I put her food down, I had to leave the room. She ate in such a voracious and angry manner, I feared she was going to choke and die. I seriously feared for her life, but she survived every time and lived to a ripe old age of 16. Can I be the official James Carville interpreter of the show? He's got a picture of him and, and Adam Silver at a Pelicans game. Liz Krasowski, Naperville, Illinois. I saw Wilbon at the NBA Finals. I got up front to yell the cheeserie. Wilbon's smile was the best. No one else around me understood, but it was so cool to be one of the hundreds of fans yelling at the commentator. And because of our secret code, he responded to me. He said he recorded it and sent it to you, but in case you didn't get it, here is the picture from the other side of the glass. I thought I would send you a note and say thank you to Wilbon for making my day. La cheeserie, Tony. And if you would, please send a shout-out to a guy who introduced me to the TK family, my dad, Jim Ridgway. This will surely rub it in further. Indeed, Wilbon sent me this. It wasn't from the NBA Finals. It was from the in-season tournament finals. Oh, that's right. Yes. I yeah. saw it, and I said to Wilbon, who is she? And he said, I don't know. And Wilbon took pictures, so I have it. So <laughs> thank you, Liz. Uh, from Justin in Cleveland, Mr. Tony, now that you've been invited to every country club hosted nuptial from Schenectady to San Diego, it's time to expand your horizons to even more exciting milestones, school Christmas concerts. I'll start. <laughs> You're um, cordially invited to my son Mason's School Christmas concert at St. Ignatius High School in Cleveland, Ohio. No, not Wilbon St. Ignatius. Um, he'll be pounding on his jungle bell rock on his snare while tugging at the toddler of an ill-fitting tuxedo. And if that doesn't draw you out of the attic, I got three words for you. December in Cleveland. Ooh. I'll save you a spot in the orchestra seats between Father Murphy and Sister Elsie. I'm sure you'll have plenty to talk about. <laughs> From Robert Harper. On the 20th of November, I sat in our national stadium to witness Trinidad and Tobago beat the USMNT. Oh, so this is, okay, uh, United States men's national team 2-1. to one. At the final whistle, I jumped up and screamed out the cheesery. To my great astonishment, within seconds, I heard Subaru, followed closely by Saliza. Three strangers immediately became friends. The fonzing reach of this show. This is Robert Harper in Trinidad and Tobago. How wow. great is that? And from Chris McKay in Raleigh, North Carolina. Unless there are two Annie Gilpins in the town of Roxbury, Connecticut, population... 2200. I have a delightful David Aldridge moment, albeit with someone I've never met. I went to high school with two Gilpins from Roxbury, Connecticut, who had a mother named Anne. Which high school? Every little's favorite New England prep school, Loomis Chafee, of course. In the early 2000s, I was a dorm RA for Anne's son, Sam, for two years. And her daughter, Betty, was my director in a spring semester one-act play. Betty also played the lead in all the school shows. We're loving, we lovingly watched her career take off as she moved to New York to pursue acting, started popping up with Law & Order-type appearances, and quickly blossomed into an Emmy-nominated actress in shows like Nurse Jackie, Glow, and Peacock's new Mrs. Davis, along with movies that included The Hunt, A Dog's Journey, Stuber the Grudge, and The Tomorrow War. It's always startling and exhilarating to see Betty show up on screen and to witness the maturation of the brilliant brilliance I first watched on a tiny high school stage. To hear an email from her mother was completely unexpected and a testament to the wonderful connective tissue of your show. Yeah, Very nice. Yeah, she's great. If you're out on your bike tight, everyone is always do wear white. Want to talk real customers? Kid, that's me. I'm like the mayor of Duncan. I go from Mobblehead to Revealed. Mobblehead. <laughs> Mobble. Yo, G. Is you ready to give the people what they really want? Yes. Is you ready to give the people what they really need? Yes. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Don't just talk about it, girl. You got to be about it. Gene, come on.
textured interlude And Angel's Rhapsody has got me in the mood What you want to Your soulful style, it flows right through me A harmony duet with you, I'll do anything
sleeping, baby. 